Well, welcome back to A Voice in the Distance Ministries. Well, I'm back. It's been a little while. I've been uh, dealing with a little bit of a respiratory infection, which has kind of uh, kept me from being able to speak. So I've had to miss a little time on uh, some of the teachings here. But I'm uh, again, I'm doing better. I'm back, so uh, hopefully I'll be able to uh, continue on here without coughing or coughing too much, so bear with me if you will. Uh, We are in Leviticus chapter 20, and so chapter 20 here gets a little heavier, and so we're looking at some very heavy judicial laws, if you will, and what we're going to be looking at are the things that basically were payable on death. The, the things that God detested so much that that He uh, utilized the ancient day capital punishment, and so you know I look at our society today. You know uh, we're in right now as we speak 2020, and it seems like we've kind of done things a little on the uh, backward side at times when it comes to certain things. Nowadays we're protecting uh, criminal activity a little too much. But, God's still in control. And so, even though a system might make some changes, it doesn't change the fact that God sees what's going on. And so, we want to make sure that that we look at what God says. Because in the end, things will happen by His command and by His hand. And so, we want to look at the things that, that He doesn't like. Okay, now lawmakers can change things, but they can't change God. And they can't change God's mind, they can't change his his word. <clears throat> and so we want to look at God's word as a way of making sure that we are in the confines of his of his you know likings and 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 staying away from the things that he detests. So I want to jump into it. Um, again, we are in chapter 20 of Leviticus, and these are the p- penalties of, of particular laws that were broken. It starts out, it says, Then the Lord spoke to Moses, saying, Again, you, sh- you, sh- uh, you shall say to the children of Israel, Whoever of the children of Israel, or of the strangers who dwell in Israel, who gives any of his descendants to Moloch, he shall surely be put to death. The people of the land shall stone him with stones. I will set, uh, set my face against any uh, against that man and will cut him off from his people, because he has given some of his descendants to Molech to defile my sanctuary and prof- uh, profane my holy name. And if the people of the land should in any way hide their eyes from the man when he gives some of his descendants to Molech and they do not kill him, then I will set my face against that man and against his family, and I will cut him off from his people and all who prostitute themselves with him to commit uh, harlotry with Molech. Now, who is Molech? Molech at the time... This is probably one of the worst gods that anybody could even think about worshipping. Moloch was a god that he was a, they made him into a statue. And he had these, he, he had his hands out, and they would have this object on there. What, what, what they would do is they would sacrifice their infant babies on the statue. And what they would do is they would burn this statue. 
where the hands are, where, where the uh, the grate or wherever it is that, that was being held, they would burn that statue to the point to where they would put a live baby on there and burn it to death. Okay? And, and so, that is why God was so against this particular God and the practices. Very very common practices in the ancient Near East. I mean, people did this this crazy stuff, okay? They would sacrifice um, their children to all sorts of gods. It was a common practice, and God had had enough, which is why he said, when you are going into the land, you're going to hear of a god named Moloch. And don't you dare, basically, right? Don't you dare take part in any of this. Unfortunately, they did. Right? Unfortunately, they did. Because it's interesting, when I look at this, all the gods that were worshipped everywhere, these pagan gods, none of them were gods of love. None of them were gods that created. None of them were gods that, that encouraged or practiced uh, you know, anything that led to health or happiness. Right? Our God is a God to the helpless. Right? He, he, he shows special concern to the children, our God does. Okay? And, and so, he's a God of unselfish nature. And, and so, he is a God of perfection and holiness, which is why he said, those who profane my name. And, and so, this was a very serious thing. Right? And so, when God says, I'm going to set my face against that man and against his family... Well, that was, that was a big deal because now, see, there was people to be put in order to maintain this. And so, if somebody turned a blind eye to it, then I, I guess it would only be right that God turned a blind eye to them. Not that he's blind, but using that as the example. And, and so, things had to be done a certain way in order for God's way to be done correctly. You know, we have we have countries around the world that have some very extreme capital punishments to this day. And what's interesting is, is those countries don't have nearly the uh, the crime statistics that we do here in the United States. And so we are um, definitely living in interesting times. You know, um, I, I don't understand. These things, thank God, of, of why people would, would even consider doing such things. But again, the, the evil exists. Evil is around the world. And, and people say all the time, how can I, how can I love a God who, who allows these things to happen? See, this is why God created these laws, was to prevent and to protect from these things happening. Okay, so that's what people need to realize is that God created these things for 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 the protection and the prevention. But you know, not everybody listened, and God knew that. God knew that that people wouldn't listen, people that people wouldn't follow. So He had to implement something. And so when we look at this, again, we think of the harshness. And, and it's just like, no, see, the crimes were much more harsh than the punishment. The, the crimes that God was against were, were vile, disgusting, out of control. 
Okay, yeah, God yes did did institute the stoning, okay, which was the uh picking up the stones and throwing it, the rocks at the at the individual until they were dead. Okay, now now that was that would be more or less a a, a quick death compared to whatever it is that that the victim had. But nonetheless, God had to implement something in order to prevent and to protect. So he utilized the people of Israel that you are to be the ones to to make sure that you uh, take care of the issue. So the last thing you want is to have God set his face against anybody. So as we continue, we're going to see other things now. Because this chapter is a little choppy. It kind of goes into one thing after the other. So I'm going to elaborate. I'm going to read it as it is and explain it as it is. So the next one, the next thing that should not be done. Verse 6 says, And the persons... The person who turns to mediums and familiar spirits to prostitute himself with them, I will set my face against that person and cut him off from the people. Consecrate yourselves, therefore, and be holy, for I am the Lord your God. And, and you shall keep my statutes and perform them, I am the Lord your God. So, anybody who goes after mediums and familiar spirits. You know what's funny is we got them everywhere today. You could you could go somewhere and, and they got shops everywhere. Have your palm read. Have your future told. You know, and and again, it's interesting because you know, everyone's interested in what the future holds. There's there's no doubt. And and people will look to others for the guidance. But see, God warned about the looking to the occults, these mediums, these these spiritualists and then they were outlawed because again their power did not come from God you had two types out there you had your phonies which are kind of what we have today you could go on a, you could go on a, on a telephone and call a hotline to have your future told for a bunch of money so you, you have your phonies but you also have your real deals too now, I don't want to know either of them, but the phonies, you know, even going to them, God will turn his face against you. But the real ones, that's the scary thing. And let me tell you why, because their power comes from demonic forces. A lot of people don't want to believe that. But if it doesn't come from God, which we can see from the word of God that he does not allow this or possess other people to do such a thing... The other source would only have to come from the demonic. And, and so, how is that? How is that? Well, again, we have to remember that demonic spirits, like angels, are everywhere. They're observing the lives of, of, of us, of people. So they have the ability to speak to people, to give them that... Um, to give them that that ability, if you will, all right. And so we can look in the New Testament. There was a um, there was a young girl who was possessed, and she was used uh, by very wealthy people to predict things. Well, the apostle Paul came and casted this demon out of her, and these people were so mad at Paul that they wanted him dead because of it. Because now. She couldn't predict anything, and now they weren't making they they weren't being wealthy over it. So again, 
This was something that, that, that is not to be messed with. I know people, some people that were very close to me, did that. They went to mediums and palm readers and stuff like that. And there was one person that was very close to me that went to a palm reader. And unfortunately, within time, things started to unravel in life. Now, repentance, I'm sure repentance was made, but the, the, the scars remained. This, this is not something to be messed with. This is, this is not something that's fake. This is not something that's, like, that's harmless, like a lot of people think. This is something that's very dangerous. So again, God says to consecrate yourselves. Stay away from these things because these things will ruin your life. Palm reading, spiritualists, mediums, all of that stuff will ruin your life. I've heard people say, well, nothing's happened to me yet. Okay, yet is the word. Don't worry, it will eventually. Okay? But you better, if anything, if you have done this before, by all means, repent. Repent from that and ask God for forgiveness before anything should happen. And more importantly, make sure that you stay clear of such things. Uh, verse 9. For everyone who curses his father or his mother shall surely be put to death. He has cursed his father or his mother. His blood shall be upon him. Now, this is a, another serious issue because this isn't just something like saying, like, oh, you know, the superficial, I can't stand my parents. No, this, is, this was a curse that had to do with um, literally wanting something bad, such as, like, death to be put upon a parent. And so, God makes it very known, you know, throughout the whole Old Testament and through the Torah especially, that, again, you shall honor your mother and father. Be for a long life, and you, so you'll obtain long, uh, long life on earth. And, and so we want to make sure that we remember that. You know, a lot of, um, <clears throat> even in the Roman culture, the Romans had a very vicious capital punishment for somebody who murdered their, uh, per, their parents. But God, again, uses this as a form of spiritual murder because you're doing such by wishing that, by cursing upon them. And, and so the, um, this was an issue, again, a very serious issue in the eyes of God. And so we look at the, um, we look at the, the mindset of this. You know, the, the ancient Near East had uh, very, very big uh, issues with such things like this because they believed that, you know, you know, such things could carry out, you know, this power of execution just just through, um, just by even saying such a thing. So the, the power of execution could be from either from the, the curse or from what they're going to do to make sure that the, one, the children are punished. Very serious again. Uh, let's see what else he says here. Uh, verse 10, it says, The man who commits adultery with another man's wife... He who commits adultery with his neighbor's wife, an adulterer, and the adulteress, shall surely be put to death. The man who lies with his father's wife is uncovered his father's nakedness. Both of them shall surely be put to death. Their blood be upon them. If a man lies with his daughter-in-law, uh, both of them shall surely be put to death. They have committed perversion. Their blood shall be upon them. If a man lies with a male as he lies with a woman, both of them have committed an abomination, they shall uh, uh, surely be put to death, and, and their blood shall be upon them. 
If a man marries a woman and her mother, it is wickedness. They shall be burned with fire. Both uh, he and they shall be, uh, um, they may be uh, no wickedness among them, or among you. If a man mates with an animal, he shall surely be put to death, and he shall uh, kill the animal. If a woman approaches any animal and mates with it, then you shall kill the woman and the animal. They shall surely be put to death, their blood is upon them. If a man takes his sister, his father's daughter, or his mother's daughter, and, and sees her nakedness, and, and she sees his nakedness, it, it is a wicked thing, and they shall be cut off in the sight of their people. He has uncovered his sister's nakedness, and he shall be, uh, bear the guilt. Now, looking at these things, we're looking at, at sexual orientations here that were very serious issues. You know, it's amazing because even the atheist, the anybody who's never even read the Bible, can look at these things and through their own moral conscience can say, "Oh, those there's no way." You know, there's gosh, those things are horrible. Yes, adultery is wrong. Yes, bestiality is wrong. Yes, incest is wrong. See, anything in regards to sexual orientation outside of a married couple, a man and a woman orchestrated by God was detestable. Because this is all of these things that we're looking at right now are the things that destroy the sanctity of the family, and, and so these are the things that, that God wanted to make sure did not happen. Because these things have happened throughout the years. We we have uh, taken these things and have basically completely ignored them, but yet we've seen the we've seen the downfalls. Have you witnessed the downfalls of adultery in the families that have, that have been, that have been um, split up due to that? The sanctity between a husband and wife destroyed because of such a thing. Acts of, uh, acts of, um, <clears throat> of bestiality, of, of incestual actual acts, and so, and so on and so forth. These are things that have completely and utterly destroyed the nucleus of our society, which is the family. And and so we look at this, God looks at this as, as all wrong. See, what we're looking at here is the moral laws now of Leviticus. I said before, it consisted, consisted of four laws. You had your ceremonial laws, you had your judicial laws, you had your dietary laws, and you have your moral laws. And as I've said before in the beginning of Leviticus, the moral laws transferred into the New Testament. We're not bound by ceremonial laws from the, from the people of Israel, uh, nor are we bound to dietary laws. Now, our judicial laws are very common, yes, and our moral laws, yes. We've seen those transfer into the New Testament. So when I hear people say that the book of Leviticus doesn't pertain to us, very wrong. Very wrong. There's many things that pertain to us that never left. And so, these are the things that, that God wants to make sure that you know, never happened to this day. Doesn't you know? There's countries that legalize things because he continues in verse 19 to go through the list of all the people that you shall not touch: um, uncles, aunts, nieces, cousins, nephews, you know, grandchildren, grandparents. The only people that God 
gave any permissible form of sexual activity with, it was between a husband and a wife. So basically, it's not that we, we can look at certain things and say, well, at least I didn't do this one or that one. Well, in the eyes of God, it's wrong. Okay? In the, in the eyes of God, all sexual sin is wrong. Even Christ made it known. See, a lot of people have mistaken things in the New Testament. And they'll say, well, I didn't hear Christ talk about this. I didn't hear Jesus talk about this. Jesus said all sexual acts, you know, immorality are wrong. He didn't cherry pick. He just said all outside of marriage. And so if you look at the big picture... If you have been one that has been able to stay the course and, and, and you have not been with other people outside of your spouse, you, you, you can look at, at your life and say that I know the difference. I, I, I know the difference. God is right. How much better was it for you to be able to say that all I've ever had was my spouse? And there's some people that really don't care. We should if we follow God. We should if we care about His Word. Why? Because He says it right here, right? In verse 22, that if you, you, um, that you shall therefore keep all my statutes and all my judgments and perform them, that the, uh, that the land where I am bringing you to dwell may not vomit you out. And you shall not walk in the statutes of the nation which I am casting out before you, for they commit all these things, and therefore I abhor them. But I have said to you, you shall inherit their land, and I will give it to you to possess, a land flowing with milk and honey. I am the Lord your God, who has separated you from the peoples. And you shall therefore distinguish between clean animals and unclean, between unclean birds and clean, and you shall not make yourselves abominable by beast or by bird or by any kind of living thing that creeps on the ground, which I have separated from you as unclean. All things, of these things, God wanted to make sure were, were, um, were, taken clear, were, were clear of. We, we want to make sure that, again, these are things that, that we shouldn't ignore. Okay? And so, if you... People have been on both sides. There has been some people that have only been with their spouse. There's been other people that have not. And for those that have given their lives to the Lord... And yes, thank God they're forgiven. But, but they, when they look back, they look back and they realize, like, what have I done, you know? What have I done? You know, and God makes all things new, especially to anybody who repents. But praise God for those who stayed the course. Because you can you don't have the scars, okay? You don't have the scars that other people might. Now, you are if you have not done that before, you are not by any means any better than them. You've just been cleared. <laughs> you've just been cleared of those things because no one is without sin. But if you've been able to stay clear of those things, what I'm saying here is, is that you know, the, you know the, the example of what was just read off to you. You could have a little more of a clear conscience. You can say by experience that, that yes, 
I, I, I have experienced the goodness of following the Word of God. And others can say that I have experienced the, the downfalls of disobedience. But the key is, is that whether you've been obedient or disobedient in some way, shape, or form is to bring you into the presence and, on, and into the path of our Lord. Let's continue to just a couple more verses here. And you shall be holy to me. For I, the Lord, am holy and have separated you from the peoples that you should be mine. A man or a woman who is a medium or who has familiar spirits shall surely be put to death. They shall stone them with stones. Their, their blood shall be upon them. Their blood, it says, shall be upon them. What, are, what he's saying is that they brought it on themselves. Okay? And, and so, yes, God gave many rules to the people. But but not without reason because he didn't want to he didn't he didn't want to withhold good from them he only prohibited those acts that that would bring them to their own ruin that's why he said their blood be upon them you know and, and so we know that we know particular laws out there <laughs> you know if we jump off of a off of a bridge or a ten story building well chances are we're not going to make it due to the law of gravity. Right? But a lot of us don't understand how God's spiritual laws work because He forbids us to do those certain things. He wants to keep us from the destruction. That's why He gave us this. So I'd say next time, if you're drawn to a, to a pleasure that might be forbidden in the eyes of God, remind yourself that there is a consequence and a suffering that might be coming to you because that is a separation from God. These are the things that separate us from God. And separation from God is the worst thing that could ever happen to us. You know, and so we need to remember that God said what he keeps saying about himself. He keeps saying that I am holy. And he keeps saying to us to be holy. It was probably one of the most important passages in the Bible to the Jewish people. Be holy for I am holy. That was, that was one of the most important passages in the Torah in the Jewish people. And, and, and it should be to us. You know, We, we want to make sure too that we kind of follow in that suit because holiness is better than just happiness. Because happiness leads people into things that, that are wrong. I've heard people say, well, I'm happy now. Oh, are you? You're happy now. Well, shame on you for being happy, for doing something that, that you know that, that, that God detests. I would rather be in holiness than happiness. Because I know that if I'm, if I'm in, walking in holiness, then happiness will become natural. Because I'm in the, I'm in the confines of God and His Word. So again, this is a very interesting, hard-hitting chapter. I think it's a chapter that we really need to look closely at. And, and realize that, that as God said, I'm bringing you into a land where these things are going on. I'm, I'm bringing you into a land where these, these things are very culturally normal. But it's not normal to me. The, these are not in the cultural aspects of heaven. <laughs> and so, what God did was, is He was making sure that He was bringing a little bit of the culture of heaven down to earth. Which is why we have the Word of God. 
protect, prevent, bring people to Him, bring, bring people to a knowledge of God, and, and so many more things that I can't even explain in one session. Be, be infatuated with the Word of God. Be infatuated with God. Because He is that good all the time. He is right all the time. And you want to make sure that that you are walking, again, in, in the confines of, of, of His Holy Spirit. Because I don't want to be... I don't want to be in his bad in his bad vision, if you will, like he said to the people that I will turn my face against you. I don't want God's face against me. I want God's face on me, making sure that I am in his good graces. So again, this is why I think a lot of people don't read Leviticus. Uh, this is hard stuff, hard hitting stuff. But again, if God put it in a word, if, if God put it in a book for us, it wasn't meant to be ignored or skipped. And so that's why we do what we do here at A Voice in the Distance Ministries, is to teach the full counsel of God. And, and just simply to teach it for what it's saying. Not for what I want it to say, not for what I think it says, just simply teaching it for what God said. And, and what's most important is to make sure that through that you come to a knowledge and a belief in, in His only begotten Son who died for the sins of this world in Christ Jesus. And so at this point, if by chance you've listened to this for the first time, maybe you've stumbled across a voice in the distance and, and you're listening to Leviticus chapter 20 for the first time. He sent His only begotten Son to die for the sins of all the world, for all things, okay? So, by receiving Him as your Lord and Savior, by believing in Him, you will be saved. Now, a lot of people wonder, well, what do I have to do? How, how do I... Do I just say, okay, I believe. Yeah, you, you can... You believe, okay, but you want to make a proclamation at least in truth. You want to invite Him into your heart. Invite Him into your life. By saying that, you're inviting Him, in, him into you and now you will have a relationship with Him. You call upon Him, He'll be there. And, and that's what we're doing. That's what we're doing. So I want to invite you now to do just that. Let's say this prayer together and you can repeat after me. Dear God, Please forgive me. Forgive me of all of my sins as I confess to you that I am a sinner. Cleanse me and wash me, Lord, of all of my sins. And I thank you for dying on the cross, Lord. I thank you for, for rising again, Lord. I pray, Lord, that you will receive me now, Lord, as I invite you into my heart as my Lord and my Savior and my Father. I thank you for having me. I thank you for cleansing me. As I receive you now, in Jesus' name I pray. Amen. Amen. Well, again, you know, some of this stuff, not always an easy pill to swallow. But you know what? Christ swallowed that pill for you on the cross. So, let's rejoice in that. So, as we venture through the Bible together... Let us make sure we see all things that God wants us to see and do all things that God wants us to do.
So let's do that in truth. And, and, and develop an infatuation for Him. Because He's infatuated with you. <laughs> so may God bless you and keep you. May He watch over you and your families and friends. And may God keep you, bless you, and love you in all things. Take care.